Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? We have a two-parter today, a two-part message. Um, So stay tuned tomorrow for part two. The name of the message is, it's my turn, not in a selfish way. Not in a selfish way, like it's my turn. Give me what's mine. Um, but uh, you know, I believe that God has spoken through this passage of scripture we're gonna get to today that just says, Listen, I want you to try again because it's your turn. Uh, that's what we're gonna be talking about the next two days. Hang tight for that. Thank you for listening uh, to my show. I've been meeting you guys out in the road. Uh, it's been amazing to meet you guys and um, just to see what is happening on the other side of this microphone. Um, it's it's so beautiful to listen to your stories um, in person, but also via the messages that we get. Y'all like to send some messages. If you want to send us an email, you can reach us at hello at autumnmiles.com. Hello at autumnmiles.com. Also, we are doing this thing where you can sign up for just updates on our ministry. We have so much going out so many things are happening in our ministry. If you go to autumnmiles.com, you can sign up for um, just updates on where are where, where am I going to be? What are we doing? Um, those types of things just to keep you plugged in to our show. I also want to make a huge announcement today. Um, and I feel like it's very fitting with the it's my turn thing. <laughs> it's my turn message. Uh, I just signed my new book deal. Actually, now I've signed it like a month ago. Um, But my new book called I Am Rahab, I Am Rahab, guys, I Am Rahab is going to be released in August, next August. Okay. It's November. It's going to be released next August. The book, this book and this concept has literally um, been a labor of love for me. And, um, I have been working on this concept for two years, praying through it, changing it, asking God to bless it. So my new book, I am Rahab. I, I wrote, I wrote a book and it was released in 2014 called appointed your future starts now, which you can pick up anywhere books are sold, order it, or go to automaz.com and find it there. But this book specifically is, uh, that just is so, so incredibly powerful. Um, the concept that God gave me I really studied Rahab. I really studied Jericho and her life. And um, I, I am excited to share it with the world. So that is coming up for you. You also guys, uh, y'all have been y'all have been giving it's coming to the end of the year. And we are a nonprofit um, and, and 501c3 organization. And we're listener supported here at the show. I would love if if our show has touched your life, if you've been encouraged by our show or by our ministry at large, by the things that we are doing, if God lays it on your heart, we would love for you to give. 
um, we would love for you to donate. We, I have a huge vision for the show, vision that we are working towards. Um, I'm a hustler by nature in the Christian sense of the word. Um, but I would I would be honored, uh, very, very grateful if you would donate. Um, to, you can donate at autumnmiles.com just to keep our show on the air and not just keep it on the air because I believe that God is going to sustain it. Um, we want it to grow. We want it to go to other markets um, so other markets can hear what you get to hear on a daily basis. Um, autumnmiles.com is where you can donate. Oh, Lord, bless your word in Jesus name, in Jesus name, bless your word. Um, as I transition today, we're going to be talking about it's my turn. Now, I, uh, I didn't really know what to uh, name this message, but I really felt after, after sort of combing through this passage of scripture, that's, that's what it was. You ever look at, are you ever a spectator in somebody else's life? I mean, clearly we are. We have friends. We have, um, you know, relationships that we're in. We go to church. We we sort of watch people's lives. Uh, today, in today's day and age, we have social media where we can watch people's lives. Now, if they're their real life, I don't really know. Um, but you do watch people's lives. It's kind of crazy how, you know, you'll meet somebody today and uh, they'll be like, yeah, I was just in Indiana visiting my family, which I just got back from. And they They'll be like, oh, yeah, I know. I already I already know you were there. I, I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, people are watching our lives today. Very, very much so. Um, and you, you ever, are you ever that person that's watching someone's life and they like win the lottery and they're all of a sudden bajillionaires and um, or, you know, they've been single for a hot second and then. They get engaged to the love of their life and they blog about it and they write about it and they have this wedding that's just amazing. Or um, have you ever been watching somebody's life and you cannot have children and you've prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God to give you children and there's this one person and, you know, you started praying and, and you still don't have any kids, but she has four or five kids that she's had in the duration of the period that you've been praying to have children um, you know, we are spectators in other people's lives. And sometimes we can look at someone else's life and say, that's great for them. But when's it going to be my turn? Lord, when's it going to be my turn? I, I, I feel like we have this mentality um, a lot. And I think social media has really heightened this uh, mentality of when's it going to be my turn? It's almost it's almost uh, silenced our contentment, which God says to be content. Um, but but it also has made us more aware of what is happening in other people's lives that might not be happening in yours. We're going to talk about that today. I want to read a passage of scripture to you that God really showed me a totally different perspective on. And I've been chewing on this thing for a while, like a couple of months. And sometimes I'll do that. I'll just chew on a passage of scripture because I believe that God wants to speak to me about it. And he is saying, listen, this is for you, girlfriend. This is not for your show. This is not for your selfie videos on Facebook. This is for you, girlfriend. And so, um, and that's what I felt like he was telling me about this. I want you, if, if you have your Bibles, if you don't, that's fine. I'm going to read the text to you. 
I want you to go to Luke chapter, um, let's see, we are in five, okay? Luke chapter five. I want you to really just chew on this passage just for a second. Five verse one, now it happened while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God. He's talking about Jesus here. Luke was talking about Jesus. Listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, this is also can also be called the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias, other other uh, um, Matthew, Mark and John uh, called it other things. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, lying at the edge of the lake. Jesus saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. We're going to come back to that. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. They're just washing their nets. They're just washing their nets while Jesus is doing miracles left and right. And he got into one of the boats, Jesus, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and he began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, pour, put out into the deep water, the deep water where no fish are. I want you to take this boat. I want you to go out to the deep water where no fish are and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Now, the very concept of this is something that, that um, it's my turn. It's my turn. The very concept of this hit me really hard as I read uh, uh, Luke 5, uh, 1 through 7. We're going to read uh, 8 through 11 uh, here probably tomorrow. We'll get, we'll get to that. It's my turn. You know, Eddie and I adopted two children, and um, 50% of our children are adopted, uh, just to make it fair for the other. Uh, bio, for the two biological kids, but we, um, I'll never forget, we were, we, we went on a list in January, and I was like, got my paperwork done in like 20 minutes, even though it's a month worth of paperwork, turned it in, went on the list in January, and what, in the adoption community, they have these things called opportunities, okay? An opportunity, specifically with the agency that we worked with, is um, uh, opportunity for a baby, okay? So they will send us an email. Um, they send it to both of us. And at the top in the subject line, it would say opportunity, okay? Um, in this email, there would be a rundown of the birth mother, how old she was, where she lived, how much this adoption was going to cost, um, you know, if she was with the birth father of the baby, the gender of the baby, the race of the baby. Um, you know, it was it was all the information, the health of the baby, the health of the mother, had she had pre, pre, prenatal care or not, Um 
how long she had been pregnant. So you, you, we get, we got, the, we would get an email about an opportunity, and immediately we would click on um, the email. I have never been so good at checking my email in all of my lifetime when uh, we were going through the adoption process because my heart beat was to adopt children. So I would get this opportunity, immediately click on it. We would run down, run down, run down, see see um, what the circumstance of the birth mother was. And then at the bottom of the sheet, there would be a yes. We could check yes or we could check no and pass on this opportunity. Now, we got all of these a lot, okay, every day, almost just about every day, uh, or sometimes two a day would come out. Um, and then sometimes that we would go maybe a week without getting one, but it was never much longer than a week that we would not get an opportunity, uh, in our email. And, and just about everyone, depending on the circumstance and depending on what we, we felt like God was telling us, we would say, yes, 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 yes. Now about nine or 10 of these, you get really excited. Yes, yes, this could be our baby. And you think this is our baby. And then, about 24 hours after you reply yes, you get an email from the adoption agency that says something like this. Thank you for being open to this opportunity. They have chosen birth parents for their child. New opportunities coming soon. So it's basically like a P.S. You weren't chosen. You were rejected email. And they put it in a nice way. Um, but to me, it was like a dagger in my heart. And I kept getting these emails, a year and a half of these emails, a year of these emails I got. And then we got chosen. But then we got scammed for several months. Um, and, and then we went back on the list to get new opportunities. But I would always so hopefully and so prayerfully say yes and then we would get the email, no, yes, no, yes, no. And I knew that I was some, some other couple, like my husband and I, were so excited that day that they got their yes. And we were watching other adoptive parents get a yes, a yes, a yes, a yes. But where was our yes? And I would go to the Lord and I would say, Lord, you, you have told us that this is um, what you have for us. We, we are, we're following your way. We're doing your work. We're, we're in our word. We're, we're, we're praying every day. We're believing, Lord. We're, we're helping others in their um, quest for um, righteousness. And, and we're helping others develop a relationship with the Lord. And, but, but, but where is our yes, Lord? We're doing everything right. Why do we keep getting a no? Why do we keep watching other people succeed? And why are we standing here? here um, with nothing um, in in our hands in terms of a baby. I mean, I would pray. There would be days that I would get a no from an opportunity and I would have, you know, seven weeks worth of work to do and I just couldn't do it. It would emotionally break my heart. It's very, very hard thing. I remember one time, very specifically, we had friends, friends of friends, um, who were signed up with the same agency, and um, we put both put our names in the hat for this one child. And you know, I was, I knew that they wanted a baby just as much as we did, and you know, it was was a really, really big deal. but 24 hours later, we got our rejection letter, <laughs> email, and we found out that they were chosen. 
And, you know, nothing about me felt any weird. I I was super happy for them. I was so grateful that they got a baby. But something in my heart was like, Lord, they got they got that sweet baby. But why didn't what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? And I I remember um, actually getting a call and said, listen, we need a place to stay in Texas. Can we stay in your house? And I thought, Lord, oh, of course you can stay in our house. But just real talk. Oof. We weren't chosen. And I wonder if that's uh, where you are today. It seems like it's happening for everybody else, but it's not happening for me. In your car, out loud, I want you to say, you know what? It's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. I want you to say that. Now, I want to get to the text here. Luke Luke 5, 1 and 2 says this. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, what was happening in this picture? was that Jesus, Jesus was walking uh, through these cities and basically healing people left and right. So when, when, um, when word spread in whatever region he was in, people would come and they would flock to him because they wanted to simply touch Jesus because they knew that whatever problem they were having was going to be settled. It was going to be handled. It was going to be um, fixed. And, and what happened here... Uh, uh, by by the lake here is they had heard that he was there. He's trying to teach them. He's trying. It says they were pressing around him and listening to the word of God. And he was standing by the lake. He's trying to teach them. He's trying to talk to them about God's word. He's trying to um, challenge their hearts, but they are pressing in around him so that he cannot. It's almost like a violent thing. As I was, I was doing uh, my study, you know, they were, they just kept pushing him. I just need his power is what I need to change my life. And left and right, of course, God was, uh, the power of God was clearly on Jesus and was Jesus. So they were getting healed left and right. And I, I, I started to think, about those that were getting healing and then the the the, the bystanders that were standing by uh, verse 2 says this and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake now he was getting pushed around Jesus was getting pushed around but as he was getting pushed around and trying to teach by the lake it's amazing what God can concentrate on he's he, he, he definitely is high capacity uh, he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake but Listen to this. The fishermen had gotten out of them and they were watching their nets. Now, I'm going to try to make a point that maybe you never heard before. Maybe you have. Um, I was captivated by these two verses. Here we have a crazy commotion going on around Jesus. Um, Jesus doesn't doesn't highlight light or really um, talk about the crazy commotion that is going on uh, around him. He just uh, Luke just simply mentions it in the text to give you some context to what is happening. Jesus is not necessarily focused on the pushing and the teaching. He's focused on the people um, at the edge of the lake. Now, what are these people doing? We know from the text, it's Peter, James, and John. What are they, what are they doing at the edge of the lake, which if he can see them, they can see him. What are they doing? They are, uh, they've gotten out of their boat 
and they're washing. I'm doing a hand motion in the studio. They're washing their nets. Now, no doubt as they are washing their nets, they are watching Jesus do the miracles. Now, according to the text and according to what they uh, just read, they had just come from um, a fishing experience where they had caught nothing. Okay, so I I have to believe and and it kind of says we're going to get to uh, what Peter's response was to Jesus in a minute. But I have to believe that they're a little bit frustrated. They're washing their nets. They're scrubbing really, really hard. And they're watching Jesus do miracles for somebody else, but he hadn't done it for them. So they are not engaged. They are not excited. And they're really not challenged by what Jesus is doing. They're just sort of watching him. And he sees them at the edge of the lake. Now, this is what I am talking about when I say maybe you are the one that has been watching miracles in other people's lives, but nothing is happening in your life. You are a bystander to other people's miracles, but you have been waiting for a really long time and praying and being faithful and doing your job, which is exactly what uh, these fishermen were doing. They were doing their job. They were trying to be responsible. They were trying to uh, 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 pay for for their families and provide for their families by, by way of their trade, but they couldn't produce what they needed to produce. So they were frustrated just... Just cleaning their nets. Do you need a miracle? They needed fish to feed and to sell, but they were watching other people get their miracles. Now, Peter had just watched in the, in, in, um, in the last part of Luke 4, he had just watched his mother-in-law get healed. So he had seen and he had heard, he'd seen with his own eyes that Jesus could do amazing things. I mean, uh, Jesus came in and healed uh, his mother-in-law and then she got up and like, she like cooked him enchiladas, you know, and like, and, and served him to him. Uh, Peter had seen the power. He had seen what he could do, but it was all right. All it had always been for other people and it had not been for him. Okay. So he needs the fish and he's seen other people get their miracle. John three says that, or I'm sorry, Luke three says this, and he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked him to put it out a little way from the land. And he began, he, and he sat down and began teaching the people from where he was. Verse two says this, he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. Now, um, before I get into this next point, I, I, I don't want to skip over the at the edge part. Here they are. They're doing, they're doing their task. They're watching their nest, but they're at the edge, at the edge of the lake. That at the edge um, got my attention. I really feel like I need to mention it here on the show um, because you might have you're you're watching other people's miracles so much and it's frustrated you so much that you're at the edge of yourself. You're exasperated at the edge of the lake is where Peter said exasperated, but you're at the edge of your circumstance 
exasperated. So Peter sees this. He notices this. No, uh, uh, Jesus sees this. He notices this. No, no doubt it intrigues Jesus because Jesus knew what he was going to do with these boys that were exasperated because they couldn't get the miracle they needed, but they were watching other people get the miracles that they needed. So he, so Jesus walks up to them and he just walks on the boat. It's so interesting. He got into one of, he it didn't even say, Hey Peter, can I use your boat? Homeboy just steps on to one of the boats. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. He picked Simon, uh, Simon's boat. Maybe it was cleaner. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe it had a welcome mat. I'm not quite sure which was Simon's and ask him to put it out a little way from the land. Now he gets on to Peter's boat and then he directs him to move the boat. Okay. There was no, um, interchange. It doesn't tell us that there was an interchange of, Hey, Peter, can I use your boat for two seconds? It's really gonna, um, it's really gonna help me out with, you know, teaching these people so they can kind of get away from me so I can actually teach them the principles that they need, uh, in order to live when I'm gone. No, there was no sort of dialogue. He just stepped on the boat and then he directed him, put it out a little ways. And he sat down and he began teaching people from the boat. Jesus sees him washing his nets. And he decides to meet him right there at the edge in his exasperation, in his frustration, yet in his diligence, in his disappointment, yet in his faithfulness. In his hard moment, yet in his life-changing moment, Jesus meets him right there washing his nets, walks onto the boat because Jesus knew they didn't need a boat full of fish. They needed a boat full of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Autumn Mile Show today. Join us tomorrow for part two of this message, which I am really excited about. Um, We are going to talk about what happens when we stop being a professional Christian, when we start stop being professional at our problem and we bow down to the creator of the fish. Um, It's been my pleasure being with you guys today. Join us tomorrow right here on the Autumn Mile Show for part two of this message. It's my turn. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.